0: Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in to today's morning with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I'm so excited to be here with you today. If this is your first time here, hello and welcome. My name is Dominique Young, and we are so glad to have you here. If you're looking for a place to connect with God and to connect with other women of faith and to study the Bible alongside other women, then you are absolutely in the right place. So hit that subscribe button and that notification bell so that you can come back every weekday morning. Before we get started, I want to say good morning to my friends that I see here live this morning. Good morning, Latrice. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning. Hi, wait. Hi, Quintier. I was practicing right before. Hi, Quintier. Good morning. Hi, Quintier. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, Brooke. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Lanita. Good morning, Anastasia. Hey, sis. How are you? How are you feeling? Good morning, T. Horton. Good morning, Celia. Good morning, Bridget. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Bevy. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So excited to see you guys this morning, and you guys know how we like to do. Let's start our time off with a little bit of gratitude. What are you grateful to God for this morning? I'll start us off. I am grateful to God for all the devotional writers that wrote the devotional guide for the book of Judges. If you have not grabbed yours, please do. You can get it from inside the app and you can download it, you can print it out, you can put it in a binder. Um, to if you if you see my cousin D, she has like all all of the studies in a binder, like, and it's amazing to see how many studies we've done. So if you've never printed out one of the devotional guides, I encourage you to do so. The devotional guide writers worked so hard on this and it's absolutely amazing. So I want to uh, go ahead and encourage you guys to download that if you haven't. So I'm just so grateful for every devotional writer, whether you wrote for the book of Judges or whether you've written a devotional before for Faith Mamas, we are so grateful for you and your willingness to share your gift with this community. All right. What are you guys grateful for? Amen. Lenita says, grateful for God changing my mind and giving me hope. Come on. Whoo, Changing my mind and giving me hope. Hallelujah. Good morning, Ellen. Amen. Brandy says, I'm grateful for morning talks with God. Hallelujah hallelujah good morning barb valerie says good morning so happy i made it today and so happy to see you this morning Woohoo! anastasia said thankful for jesus amen and all god is doing in my life hallelujah lilith says i am grateful to god for everything small and great whoo hallelujah god is so good y'all i don't know about you guys but after yesterday i've been singing songs to God all day, reminding myself of God's goodness and that he is so amazing and awesome. And I encourage us to remind ourselves every single day of how amazing God is. Is Latrice is grateful for God always being near when I call, amen. Ellen says, grateful for new mercies to look forward to every day, amen. Allison says, I'm grateful for the songs that pop up and stay in my heart, especially when I need encouragement, strength, peace, amen. Mary says, I'm grateful I can worship in the midst. I'm grateful for the growth God is doing in me and the fight in the spiritual realm. Come on. Audrey says, I'm grateful for God's peace. There is nothing like it when so much is going on. Amen. T. Horton says, I'm grateful to God for his love. Hallelujah. Celia says, I'm so grateful for God's unwavering love. Amen. Mary says, I'm grateful to remind myself of God's word when thoughts are contrary to his word. Amen. Bevy says, I'm grateful to God for my loving and caring husband, James also for this devotional time with you, my sisters. Amen. Erica says, I'm grateful that, gr- that his grace is sufficient for me. Come on, Erica. Hey, Amen. I saw your post last night and I needed it right when I saw it. So praise God. Grateful that his grace is sufficient for me. Natalia says, I'm grateful to be back with you all live. Hey, Amen. Barb says, grateful for the Monday word. It's It's a a thin line between ministry and money right on top. Oh, praise God. He was in the uh, ministry Monday. Amen. Praise God. All right, y'all. All All right, y'all. Well, let's go on ahead and pray as we prepare to jump into Judges chapter six. And I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Our devotional writer for today was Donita. It's a powerful devotional after this. I encourage you to check it out. But we are going to be reading Judges chapter 6 today, and we're getting ready to pray. And Allison says, I'm grateful for the desire to study and study with so many wonderful faith mamas. Me too. I'm so grateful. And y'all, I can't wait to meet a lot of you guys in person in September. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Joanne says, I'm grateful for another morning to study God's word and and a restful spring break back to work today. Please pray for Columbia, South Carolina. Over the weekend, we had several killings of AA males. All right, we definitely pray. Let's go ahead and pray now. We're going to pray in um, as we prepare to jump into Judges chapter six. And yeah, let's go. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to just be grateful for who you are. Lord, we do lift up South Carolina, Lord God. You know all that's going on there. Father, we pray, Lord God, for the individuals that have lost family members, Lord. We pray that you comfort them, that you be with them. We pray, Lord God, that you be with that entire area, Lord God, and that you walk with them and walk them towards you, Father God. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that you are on the scene already. So Lord God, we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, as we prepare to jump into Judges chapter six, we pray that you would draw us close to you this morning, that you would show us yourself, that you would help us to see you, Lord God, that you would help us to understand the text, Lord, and that you would help us to understand how you would have us to apply what we're learning to our lives today. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We ask you to have your way, Lord, for where you lead, we will follow. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 Amen. hallelujah, amen. All right, if this is your first time reading with Faith Mamas, studying with Faith Mamas, I want to let you know how it goes. So we're going to read this chapter two times. The first time, we will just read over it and kind of get a picture in our minds of what's going on in this story. The second time, we'll take out our pens, we'll take out our highlighters, highlight keywords right in the margin, right in your journals, and then we'll go into a time of personal reflection and then into a time of corporate reflection. If that is something that you are interested in, then you are in the right place, and I'm excited to dig into the word with you today. All right, here we go. Judges chapter six, Judges chapter six. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian seven years and they oppressed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and Quedamites came and attacked them. They encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the land even as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat as well as no sheep, ox, or donkeys. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number and they entered, the land, they entered the land to lay waste to it. So Israel became poverty stricken because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord. When the Israelites cried out to him because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to them. He said to them, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt and out of the place of slavery. I rescued you from the power of Egypt and the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in, but you did not obey me. The angel of the Lord came and he sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abzerite. His son, Gideon, was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. He said to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the youngest in my father's family. But I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if they were one man. Then he said to him, if I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from a half bushel of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat with the unleavened bread, put it on this stone and pour the broth on it. So he did that. The angel of the Lord extended the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire came up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon realized, that he was, he was the angel of the Lord. He said, oh no, Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, peace to you. Don't be afraid for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. It is still in Ophrah of the Absarites today. On that very night, the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull and second bull seven years old. Then tear down the the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Build a well-constructed altar to the Lord your God on top of this mound. Take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took 10 of his male servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's family and the men of the city to do it in the daytime, he did it at night. When the men of the city got up in the morning, they found Baal's altar torn down. The Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull offered up on the altar that had been built. They said to each other, who did this? After they made a thorough investigation, they said Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he tore down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, would you plead Baal's case for him? Would you save him? Whoever pleads this case will be put to death by morning. If he is a God, let him plead his own case because someone tore down his altar that day. He was called Jerubbaal, since Joash said, let Baal contend with him, because he tore down his altar. All the Midianites, Amalekites, and Quedamites gathered together, crossed over the Jordan, and camped in Jezreel Valley. The spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon, and he blew the ram's horn, and the Absarites rallied behind him. He sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh who rallied behind him. He also sent messengers through Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali who also came to meet him. Then Gideon said to God, if you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you said, I will put a wool fleece here on the threshing floor. If dew is only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by my strength, as you said. And that is what happened. When he got up early in the morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung dew out of it, filling a bowl with water. Gideon then said to God, don't be angry with me. Let me speak one more time. Please allow me to make one more test with the fleece. Let it remain dry and the dew be all over the ground. That night, God did as Gideon requested. Only the fleece was dry and the dew was all over the ground. Let's read this chapter one more time. Judges chapter six. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian seven years and they oppressed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the Quedamites came and attacked them. They encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the land, even as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkeys. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number, and they entered the land to lay waste to it. So Israel became poverty-stricken because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord. When the Israelites cried out to him because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to them. He said to them, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt and out of the place of slavery. I rescued you from the power of Egypt, then the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in, but you did not obey me. The angel of the Lord came and he sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Absarite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. He said to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my, fa- my father's family. But I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. Then he said to him, if I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from a half bushel of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat with the unleavened bread, put it on this stone and pour the broth on it. So he did that. The angel of the Lord extended the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire came up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon realized that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, oh no, Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, peace to you. Don't be afraid for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. It is still in Ophrah of the Absarites today. On that very night, the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull, and second bull, seven years old. Then tear down the altar of Baal that belonged to your father and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Build a well-constructed altar to the Lord your God on top of this mound. Take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took 10 of his male servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's family and the men of the city to do it in the daytime, he did it at night. When the men of the city got up in the morning, they found Baal's altar torn down, the Asherah pole beside it cut down, and the second bull offered up on the altar that had been built. They said to each other, who did this? After they made a thorough investigation, they said, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he tore down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, would you plead Baal's case for him? Would you save him? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead his own case because someone tore down his altar. That day he was called Jerubbabel since Joash said, let Baal contend with him, because he tore down his altar. All the Midianites, Amalekites, and Quedamites gathered together, crossed over the Jordan and camped in the Jezreel Valley. The spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon, And he blew the ram's horn and the Absarites rallied behind him. He sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh who rallied behind him. He also sent messengers throughout Asher, Zebulun, and Nephtali who also came to meet him. Then Gideon said to God, if you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you said, I will put a wool fleece here on the threshing floor. If the dew is only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. When he got up early in the morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung dew out of it, filling a bowl with water. Gideon then said to God, don't be angry with me. Let me speak one more time. Please allow me to make one more test with the fleece. Let it remain dry and the dew be all over the ground. That night, God did as Gideon requested, only the fleece was dry and the dew was all over the ground. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read this chapter in the book of Judges, Lord. And as we move into a time of personal reflection, we just ask you to lead our reflection time. Help us to see what it is that you want us to see help words and verses and certain things jump off the pages to us so that we can see you, so that we can see what it is that you would have for us to see. Lord God, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. And we ask you to have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's reflect personally on Judges chapter 6 and then we will come back and reflect corporately. Here we go. All right, we are back and we are ready to reflect corporately. I'm excited to see all that God is showing you. Before we do, I want to give a little bit of background just in case um, this is the first time that you've jumped in with us. So we are in the time of what we call the time of the judges. And during this time, Israel keeps going back and forth. They trust God and then they choose other gods and they cry out to God and they choose other gods. In the last chapter, we see that Deborah and Barak and Jael, God used these individuals to deliver Israel from oppression um, that they, you know, got themselves into by worshiping other gods. But then they cried out to God and God sent these individuals and they delivered Israel. And there was peace in the land for 40 years and now we are back here and it says that Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And we noticed that Israel again is worshiping these gods, specifically Baal. And we talked about why Baal was so, why that was so horrible for them to be worshiping this God named Baal because Baal required um, children's sacrifices as worship to him. So when we're talking about Gideon's father having an altar to Baal in near his house, in his house, that was his own altar to Baal, and the way that they worshiped Baal, you have to understand that there were some really evil things going on in, in worship to this particular God that they were worshiping. So that's the situation that we find ourselves in. They have they have turned their backs on God again and worshiping Baal again and found themselves in a situation again and now they're crying out to God again and God chooses Gideon. Ah. Now what is standing out to you guys about this chapter? There's so much here. CJ says, "The word stronghold from verse 2 stood out to me because is because in Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. In Strong's, there's two definitions. Come on, Strong's, pull it out. The first definition is a fortified military stronghold, a strong fortress. The second definition is also used for a prison. Woo. Wow. She said the second definition was in the Help's Word study. Come on. So, so while you think you're building yourself hiding places, strongholds, they were building strongholds. Let's read it. It says they oppressed Israel because of the Midianites, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Ah, so they were trying to hide themselves from Midian in order to try to alleviate some of this stuff that was happening to them. Lenita said, they felt the Lord left them because they were delivered into the hand of Midian. I find it amazing when we blame God when things go wrong, but conveniently leave out the part that we turned away from him. Again and again, it says, they they again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. We have to take ownership and take responsibility For our part in life, God never leaves us. We leave him. Mm. Bevy says, verse one, what, when will the Israelites learn? Every time they disobey, they see they run into trouble and have to cry out to God. Allison says, verse 12, 14, 16, we see over and over in scriptures throughout the Bible. God is choosing those who cannot do things on their own inexperienced, young, small in size. God's strength, protection goes with them. Come on, Gideon says, hey, I, my family is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the youngest in the weakest family. Are you gonna choose me? <sighs> Celia says, Gideon reminds me of Moses because he was trying to tell God he was not qualified. Also, I love that Gideon was bold enough to ask God, for a sign twice. <laughs> Anastasius, says verse 15 through 18, and it says, he said to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's family, but I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. Then he said to him, if I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Allison says, Noah, Moses, Joshua, now Gideon. God selects those he chooses, come on. Joanne says, verse 14 reminds me to always go in strength because the Lord will always be with me. Anastasia says, verse 23, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Bernie said the entire chapter, what stood out the most is Gideon's request to the Lord and the angel of the Lord confirming what he asked. Romans is verse six through seven. Here the Lord is reminding them of the history of their history with him. He continues to deliver them. And they continue to disobey. Audrey said, never forget to remember what God has done. Mary says, verse one, hasn't God done enough? Why are you so comfortable with doing evil? Allison said, God selects those who first had doubt, but they kept their eyes on the Lord. They did things that didn't make sense by God's strength. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Anastasia said, whoever God chooses, he qualifies. Gideon saw himself as unqualified and incapable. Where God guides, he provides. Isaiah 8, 11. Latrice says, Gideon was afraid most of the chapter, but he didn't allow his fear to paralyze him into not doing anything. He still did the things that needed to be done, even if he did it in a wine press or at night. Then even in his hiding, come on, there it is. Even in his hiding, that stood out to me. God called him a mighty man of valor. Audrey says, wow, to him who trusts others, money, job, people rather than God. Mm. But Jesus, God sees what he, what we can, what we can be for his kingdom, even when we can't see it. Barb says, is this the family of Moses's father-in-law, the guy that helped Moses with the order? This is actually the, they are um, from the tribe of Manasseh. So they are Israelites. The Kenites that we learned about um, with Deborah, Jael's family was the family of Moses's father-in-law. But this guy, Gideon, is actually from the tribe of Manasseh. And within each tribe, they have like tribe names. So each family has a family name. And so that's it. They are talking about his family name. Great question. Vanita says, yes, we worry about our own ability, which is disrespectful to God, who can do all things, a slap in his face, Yes, Lord, help our unbelief. Ellen says the humanity in Gideon asking God to show him again what God already showed him. This is encouraging that God still answers his requests. Come on, Bevy says, what I love about God is that he knows us, amen. You know, I gotta say, I I was reading all the different things and two major things kept standing out. There was this one part where it's like God chooses the, the the ones that we probably wouldn't choose, right? God chooses the ones that we probably wouldn't choose. And then there was this other thing that kept coming out in the comments that was they kept forgetting about God. God kept doing the miraculous and they continued to forget about God. And what Lenita said, not only did they forget about God, they then blamed God for their situation. They couldn't see their own part in it. So they blamed him for putting them there, not really realizing that, hey, y'all are the ones worshiping Baal? Y'all are the ones with Baal altars and, and sacrificing babies and putting up a Shira poles and y'all the ones doing that? You gonna blame me? You gonna blame God? Woo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Whew. I want to just, can we highlight that point real quick? Then we're going to move to Gideon. Can we highlight this point real quick? Gideon asked God, and, and, and I'm sure that Gideon's mindset was not different than those around him. He says, he says to the angel of the Lord, and he doesn't know he's talking to the angel of the Lord at this point, but he says, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? How often we ask this question? Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. Whoo! period. So Gideon got all these questions, but then he says, now, the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Israel. But you notice that the angel of the Lord never really answers his questions? Because sometimes we ask, and do we really want the answer? The angel of the Lord says, Go in strength, you have that you have, and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. I'm sure that many people in Israel had this question Where is God now? Where is God now? Why are we in this situation? Why are we here? Why do do we got all this going on? And Gideon is asking this very question while he was raised in a household that had an altar to Baal and the sheriff hole in their property. And and he didn't notice the correlation between what he was choosing to do and the situation that Israel continued to find themselves in. And the thing about it is we talked about this a while ago. God doesn't do sneak attack punishments. He's not like, oh, you didn't know. I never told you. So I'm going to just punish you. No, no, no. God says, I told, God has been telling Israel time and time again, but what are they passing down? They're passing down the fact that, hey, God delivered us from Egypt, but they're not passing down the fact that, hey, don't worship other gods. Gideon knows that God brought them out of Egypt, but Gideon seems to be ignorant to the fact that, hey, you're not supposed to worship other gods. This is the problem. (laughs) This is the problem. Now let's go on to Gideon because his story is absolutely amazing. And Allison touched on it and a lot of people touched on it today. Gideon was hiding when God called him out. Gideon was hiding from the enemy when God called him out. And the angel of the Lord said this, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. God is called out a boy who was hiding from the enemy that was a part of the weakest tribe, weakest part of Manasseh and was the youngest in the weakest family. And he called him out in his hiding place and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. And then in verse 14, he says, he says, go in strength, you have and go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian, I am sending you. So God chose the youngest boy in the weakest family in Manasseh and called him valiant warrior. It reminds me of how God chose Abraham and Sarah who became Sarah. The barren couple to be the lineage in which Jesus Christ would come through. He gave them not only a promised child for them, but through their line came a promised savior. He said, I choose you. Or when we think about King David, King David was the forgotten son. When his fa- when, the, when the prophet came to his father's household, his father called all his sons, except for David, to stand before the prophet to see who would be the next king of Israel. His father called all his sons, but he left David to tend to the sheep. And God said, I choose him, the shepherd boy, the pretty boy. The one that everybody counted out, that's who I choose. Come on. Or or think about Joseph, the one that his whole entire family rejected. His whole family rejected him. And God chose Joseph. And here we have Gideon. So we see a characteristic of God. We see, it, we see a characteristic of God, right? We see what he does. <laughs> he doesn't wait for us to have it all together. He chooses who he chooses. And he typically chooses the ones that everybody else counted out. Why? Because through them, he will get the glory because people will know, how did you do that? And so he chose Gideon. And Gideon was hiding when he chose him, hiding, scared of the enemy. And then God told Gideon to go tear down his father's altar to Baal and the pole, and Gideon was scared. And so he went when it was dark and tore it down. And then God said, Gideon, I'm going to have you lead a mill. Look, God is going to have Gideon lead an army into the in- into the enemy's camp. He finds this boy hiding out. And now he's saying, I want to put you on the forefront and have you lead an army. And Gideon's like, "Hold, I need some confirmation about this. Because so far I've spent my whole life hiding. And I never actually heard your voice. And this is the first time I'm actually hearing from you. And and, and as I'm hearing from you, you're telling me to go and fight the enemy that I've been hiding from my whole life. Gideon had not seen the miracles of God. He's only heard of them. And now God is calling him out. God is calling him out. Woo. Allison said, how many times have we questioned our abilities to do something that seemed a little crazy? When we walk with God, let's lay down our fear, stop questioning and go where he leads. Anything is possible with God. Come on, anything is possible. And you notice that God didn't change his mind because Gideon was afraid. God didn't change his mind because Gideon went at nighttime. God didn't like, ugh, you hiding from people. You got an issue, man. I'm going to go check, choose somebody else. No, no, no. God knew who he chose and God knew all the stuff that came with him. And he chose him anyway. And he chose him anyway. Barb says, it's so wonderful to know. It doesn't take much for God to work with. Come on. Also, the signs given to Gideon have spillovers over to the day. Why do I need a sign? Lord, help us to trust you. That's our part. Come on. And the thing that we learn from Gideon is, number one, we do learn that, hey, a sign is really not necessary. But we also learn that if we ask for one, we can ask. God can say yes or no, right? He can let us know, okay, I'm going to give you a sign. Or he can be like, Jesus, he's like, what do y'all need a sign for? (laughs) But we can still ask. If we need to. Natalia says, I've always loved the story of Gideon. God is glorified in our weakness. just said, God promised to never leave us or forsake us. We are not paying attention to our day to see the hand of God. Ooh, yeah. Erica says, I was complaining and feeling like a loser because I couldn't keep up with the chores because of pain. I sent myself into a flare, but God's grace is sufficient. Come on, Hallelujah. Romans said, God called him out. The last shall be first. Social status, education, looks have nothing to do with God's call on our lives. No one is counted out. He knows our potential because he created us. Allison says, I remember so many situations where I drew strength from God, singing in my heart, walking into situations. The song, Your Love Defends Me by Matt Meyer helped me stay in my faith and walk in confidence. Come on. Hallelujah. You see, God is not looking for the same qualifications that humans would be looking for. God's choice always looks different. Always. Remember, let me tell you this story. So eventually Israel wants a king. They're tired of the judges. They're tired of the prophets. They're tired of all of this. And they want a king, just like all the other nations. Israel has an issue, like many of us, where we look at everybody else and we want what they got. We want what they got. And that's the same thing that happened with Israel. So eventually they cry out for a king and God gives them what they wanted first. And that's where we get King Saul. King Saul was a big, huge man. He looked the part. If if we were choosing a king, we'd probably choose King Saul because he was big and he looked sturdy and he looked like a warrior. But he was a people pleaser. And inside, he was in, he was he he had a lot of issues and things like that that he had not given over to God. But people couldn't see that from the outside because on the outside, he was a big, strong man. And that's who they wanted as their king. And it showed, proved to not be the best choice. God chose David. Now, David had some issues too, but David was brave. He didn't look like King Saul because he had, he was what they call a pretty boy. He, he didn't look like a warrior. He didn't look like a warrior. It's not somebody someone would choose. That's why his father brought out all his other sons because his other sons were warriors. His other sons had experience. His other sons were big. He, he, he didn't even consider David. Because David was a shepherd boy. What what could he possibly know? From the human eye, we would count out so many people. We often count ourselves out. But God is not looking for the same things that we're looking for. He's looking and saying, who can I get the glory through? Who can I get the glory through? Because the thing about it is, Whether I succeed or not is not going to change anybody's life. But if God, if if people can see God through me and then they can turn back to God because of who God is, then their life will change. Then their life will change if they see God through me. So it really doesn't matter how big I appear. It really doesn't matter how many things I have on my resume. Come on. If God can use me to get the glory. If God can use me to get the glory, he'll use me. And it doesn't matter what my resume will look like. Remember with, in Jesus, in Jesus' day, Jesus was from Nazareth. So God intentionally placed him in an area that everybody said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Like, ugh. He's from Nazareth. Can anything good? They'd already counted it out because of where he was from. They had counted him out because of his parents profession. He wasn't like a Pharisee or a Sadducee or a religious leader or anything like that. So they had counted him out for that. And he wasn't a warrior. He wasn't like a soldier. They were expecting another Joshua to arise, to deliver them. They were expecting another one of these judges like Gideon to arise, or like Samson to come up and to, 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 to fight and to all this. And here's Jesus of Nazareth. And the way that he fought was by dying on a cross. It was not what they expected. And time and time and time and time again, God continues to show us that his ways are not ours. So when he calls us to do something and we're trying to tell him why we don't qualify because of a man-made qualification system, God's like, I don't function on that system well God I can't write a book you know because i didn't I didn't go to school for this and you know when when I was in high school they said I was the worst writer so I can't really write a book because because somebody told me I couldn't write and my teacher I remember when I was in high school and they just they marked up my paper with all this red and I just can't I can't do it because some man some human told me I don't qualify and god's like I'm not looking for the same things they're looking for. I'm not looking for the same things you're looking for. God, you know, I I can't do this because, you know, I'm old, Lord. You're telling me to start a YouTube channel. God, you know, I don't know nothing about no technology, Lord. I can't do it. No, no, no. I don't know anything about technology, God. You know, that's not my thing. That's not my thing, God. You know, know I got to get my kids to come help me and all this stuff. And God's like, but I'm not, I'm not. Qualifying you based on what you know how to do. I'm telling you, I will be with you. I will be with you. God might be telling you, "Hey, start a start a, a a Bible study in your house." Oh, no, no, God, you know, I don't really know the Bible like that. You know, I don't know the Bible like that. I don't. I don't. I. I haven't been to school for this. I haven't been to seminary. I haven't read the whole whole Bible. You know, I don't, I don't know. I I think you didn't call the wrong person. You know, I don't know. The God says, but I will be with you. It's not about how much you know. It's about God being with you. And if God says I'm with you, you've got all the qualifications you need. You got all the qualifications you need. You got all the qualifications you need. Audrey said, God will use the least likely, anoint them, and use them mighty for his kingdom. So true. Erica said, I felt like I didn't qualify because of my issues. Come on, God said, trust me. God might be calling you and saying, "Hey, I want to use you to help other women that are going through similar things." Oh no, God. I don't even feel like I'm all the way delivered, Lord. I don't even feel like, He's like, no, no, no. You can't use me. You know, I still messed up. I still got issues. I still I will be with you. Like, oh no, God. You got to get somebody that's got like a degree for this. Like I, you know, and God's like, "I didn't I didn't put together the degree system, y'all did. So I'm not gonna call people based on system that humans created. I am God. I have a different way of doing things and I call who I call so that I get the glory out of their life. And now here's the trick though. How can I make sure to stay in a humble place so that I don't steal God's glory? Because when he does amazing things through your life, people are going to want to look at you. Will I point them back to God? Spoiler alert, Gideon kind of gets in his head a little bit because God used him to do great things. And instead of pointing, eventually gets to a place where instead of pointing people to God, he kind of Gets wrapped up in the praise and wrapped up in oh man, because he went from being a nobody to being a somebody. So that is the, the thing. God will use us, but it is our responsibility to continue to point the praise back to him. To continue to point the praise back to him because of why? He's looking for who he can. He can he, he can show himself through so that people can come to him. Remember, what is God's mission? The redemption and reconciliation of humanity back to him. His mission is not to make you look like a big shot, even though by him using you, it might. So, so Gideon looked like a big shot after this. But we have to remember God's mission is not to make me look good. God's mission is the redemption and reconciliation of humanity back to him. So I have to make sure that as God does this work and he elevates you, right? He elevates me or he elevates you to a particular position or to do something. I have to remember, ah, stay on mission. It's not for me to look good. It's for God to look good. It's not for people to come to me. It's for people to go to God, right? Well, Roma said, God will never share his glory. No. Why? Because it's dangerous. If his goal is the redemption and reconciliation of humanity, and then he starts sharing his glory with you, and people thinking you saved them and not him, then they're going to put their trust in someone that cannot continually perform. So we, when God does it, which he will, whatever he said, our job is to remember God did it. Not us. Not us. Bevy says, stop being fearful. God's standard for qualifying is different from what man requires. When God calls us, he already knows our gifting and he knows we can complete the task all for his glory. All for his glory. And now the question becomes, how do I know if God has called me to do something? Because the reality is, there's like this idea where anything I want to do must have been something God called me to do. And that's not necessarily true either. And that's why I don't go so hard on on, um, on Gideon for, for asking for a sign. He didn't have a regular conversation with God on a regular basis. He wanted to make sure, hey, is this you? Are you really going to be with me? Are you really as strong and powerful as you say? And I don't think that if you don't know, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking. God, are you calling me to do this? Because like we said, we've said it before, God is responsible for fulfilling his word, not ours. Oh, and then can we talk about this one last thing? There's so many things here. There's so many things in this story. This one last thing. Before God sent Gideon out to fight with the enemy, he had Gideon deal with the sin in his own house. Before God sent Gideon out to fight the enemy, he had Gideon deal with the enemy that was in his own house. He had Gideon destroy the altar to Baal in the Asherah pole in his father's house. Not in nobody else's house, because a lot of people had these. A lot of people had these Baal altars. A lot of people had these sheer poles. But God said, go and destroy the ones in your house, in your family, first, before I send you out. So that you don't even think that this Baal God delivered you. So that it is not a confusion to anybody else who delivered you. Let me deal with the issue in your house and then I will send you out. He did the same thing with Moses. And it's a weird situation, but Moses was about to come out and it said that the that the Lord was about to kill him. Like it's just a crazy situation. And then his wife comes out and he she she circumcises her son. Oh, like it is a very bloody story. But the idea was Moses couldn't go to Pharaoh And he hadn't been faithful to what God told him to do, which was circumcise his son. He had to do that first before God could take him where it was going. So, whoo. So for some of us, God is saying, there's some stuff I've been asking you to deal with in your own home. And you want to go out and fight. But if you won't deal with the stuff in your own home, then you're not ready to fight. I don't know who this is for, but I believe it's for somebody. There is some things that you've been avoiding in your own home because it's scarier to deal with those things than it is to do something outside in the public. But God is like, I need you to deal with either your own self, your own home. There's something that God is like, I need you to deal with this before I can take you there. For me, God is God is saying, hey, you know what? And I'm I'm thinking to myself, oh God, you know, I want to do more for your kingdom, blah 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 blah. I want to do more. And God's like, I need you to deal with your people pleasing issue. Before I take you any further, th- I need this to be dealt with. Let me tell you, for the past couple of months, God has been like. Dealing with that thing, getting it up out of me by any means necessary. It's the most painful process I have ever gotten to. But I will honestly tell you, I am at the point where I really don't care what people think. And that's crazy for me. I have walked most of my life caring what people think. I have walked most of my life changing myself to fit everybody else's mold. I started even faith mamas and I was constantly changing myself because I was like, oh, this person doesn't like how I do this. And this person doesn't like how I do this. Let me tell you, this last last year, this last year since January, thing after thing after thing has been happening. I'm telling you so much has happened. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't care. And I feel like God's like, great. (laughs) Now we're good. Now I've got something to work with. You've got to deal. God wants to deal with the stuff in your house first before he takes you out to fight the masses. Come on, the enemy in your own house. Your own situation. What, 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 what shrines and temples and things have we built up in our own lives? And God's like, nah, that can't go with you. That can't stay up. That bail that temple to bail that can't stay up for people to think that it was that that got you there or for you to think that it was that that got you there. That has to come down first. That has to come down first. And come on, when he tore down this altar. Everybody wanted to kill him. His whole, The whole entire community wanted to kill him when he tore down this altar. Because he stopped, he's, he's no longer functioning the way they want him to function. So we have to understand that, that there might be some ramifications for, for you dealing with the things in your own home. People ain't going to like it. But God is like, hey, you got to do this before you can before I'm going to take you to do that. And we know when God is talking to us, if God ain't talking to you right now, that's fine. Maybe you don't have anything that he's trying to tear down. But some of us know. I know God. He's like, you run, you trying to run out here, but I need you to deal with this. I need you to deal with this first. I need you to deal with what is in your home first. I need you to tear down these things first. I need you to deal with these issues first. First, come on, Natasis, I know. Come on. I need you to deal with this first. And there are honestly some things, like I said, God is the same. Same God. So we can, even though we love the God of the New Testament, and he seems so, oh, you know, thank you, Lord, for Jesus. God is still the same, old and new. He's still the same God. So when there's something in our life that's blocking us from getting to where he wants us to go, he is going to cause us to deal with that thing first before he sends us out. It doesn't mean he doesn't didn't qualify you. Think about it. He already called. Gideon a valiant warrior he already has what what Gideon is going to do but now he's saying great that's who you are that's what I'm what where I'm calling you right now now I need you to deal with this in your father's house tear it down by any means necessary go at night if you like he went at night okay fine as long as you tore, tore it down tear it down first mm-hmm. because it's actually that enemy that's that's keeping you bound up it's the it's their desire to constantly worship other the gods that's actually keeping them bound up it's not the uh the enemy on the outside it's the enemy they kept keep letting in on the inside Come on, hallelujah. Allison says, when God takes away or removes people, perhaps the phrase is the Lord has need of it will shift your thinking. He's helped to clear out things that distract us or keep us from going where he leads. Come on. Whew. Deal with that first—that thing that God is. It seems small, but it also is like, mm. and God is like you, but you can't go where I'm taking you with that still in your house. Latrice, says, and he puts his finger on it too, and starts dealing with you on on it exactly what it is you need to deal with. It's like this unsettled thing inside that just won't go away. God's like, "Mm, I need you to deal with this, this unforgiveness. Mm, You know, I'm talking to you. God's like, you know, I'm talking to you. This unforgiveness that you've been harboring. I need you to deal with this. I know you want to start the women's ministry and I know you want to do this, but you can't go there with the resentment and unforgiveness you have for your mama. I need to deal with this. Don't worry. I'm still taking you where I'm taking you. I just need you to deal with this. Come on. Some of us, God's like, I need you to deal with your financial stewardship. This right here. I give you $10. You spend $10. I need you to deal with that. I don't need I don't need money to run out your hand like water. I need you to deal with this, Lord. Please, I need this and this. God's like I'm I'm showing you, I'm giving you finances, and what are you doing with it? You're just spending it. You're not investing it. You're not you're not you're not you're not you're not not giving any. You're just oh, you hoarding it. You're just spending every every dime you get. God's like I need to deal with that. But God, you said that I was going to have a great business. God, you said that you were going to do this. God, I remember. I know what you said when I was praying. Yes, I'm still going to do that, but I need to deal with this. Before I take you to that, we need to deal with this. Oh, God. I need, I need a financial breakthrough. You told me, you told me that a financial breakthrough was coming. What did Gideon say at the beginning? He says, where, where is God? Where is God? Where are all his wonders that my father told me about? Where's all this stuff? And what does God tell him to do first? Get rid of Baal. Because it's blocking you. Get rid of Baal's temple in your own house. Because that's the thing that's blocking you. You want to answer to your question, where is this? Where is that? That thing is blocking you from the next step. Go ahead and get rid of it. Okay, you got to go at night. Okay, you a little scared. That's fine. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Come on. It's blocking. Whoo! God! God! oh god where are you lord where is my financial breakthrough god where are you where is the god of provision that my family told me about and god's like you know i've been talking to you about how you've been using your money i need you to listen God, you told me that you would deliver me and God's like, yep, and I'll keep my word. But I need, before I take you there, I need you to deal with what's in your house. Because if not, the things that you didn't deal with will come and eat the blessing. It'll just take it right away. (laughs) <laughs> so there's things God's dealing with us on in our own house. There's things God's dealing with us on in our own house. Now, this doesn't mean that you got to be perfect for God to use you. But this might mean that there's something that God says, I need to deal with this first. Now, this is not an excuse for us to drag our feet and be like, oh, I got to deal with this and I got to deal. No, no, no. God will let you know what he wants you to deal with. You don't got to make up stuff. But if there's that one thing that God keeps touching your heart on, he's like, we got to deal with this. This can't stay standing. That's the one. It's not all the things you think you're bad at. It's the one that God, that keeps coming up and that God is putting on your heart continually. That one. God wants to deal with that. God wants to deal with that. God wants to deal with that. Like I told y'all, for me, it was people pleasing. Oh man. It was bad, bad, but God has had so many people reject me, turn their backs on me, stab me in the back. I'm telling you so much has happened this year alone where I'm just like, I get it, God. Let me go ahead and let this go because I knew that was what he was coming for. I knew that their their rejection and their stabbing in the back and all this stuff really didn't have anything to do with me and them. It had to do with what God was like, you got to let this go because it can't go with you. If If you're constantly contorting yourself to fit whatever mold people want you to fit, then I can't trust you to take you where I'm taking you. I've got to get that out of you first. And I knew it. It wasn't a shocker to me. I knew this was something God was dealing with me on. And that's why I said, whatever God is dealing with you on, let him deal with it. Do what he says. Deal with it in your own house. Let him deal with it. You've got to let him deal. You've got to do what he says, even if you gotta go at night and and you scared. Okay, that's fine, be scared. Go with your knees shaking, but do it. But do it. Go crying if you have to, but do it. Come on, Latrice says, and then God said, build his altar on top of it. Put him above all, come on. God said, tear down Baal's altar and build an altar to the Lord on top of it, right where it was tear down whatever god is telling you to tear down in your life and build an altar to the lord right there. I'm going to worship god here. I'm going to worship god for what he's done. I'm going to build an altar to god right on top of it. Woo! Come on. The the, the devotional that that Darnita wrote today said no more excuses. No more excuses. No more excuses. God's got his part. God's got his part, but there's something in my home. There's something inside of me that he is calling me to deal with. It's time to deal with it. Whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's resentment, Whether it's people pleasing, whether it's an issue in your marriage, whether it's a conversation that you've never had with somebody and God is like, you need to have this conversation, whatever it is, whether it's lack of financial stewardship, whether it's God's like, hey, you need to stop eating fast food, whatever it is, it's time to say, yes, God. Even if I've got to go with my knees knocking, yes, God. Even if I'm afraid, yes, God. Even if I'm afraid of how people are gonna look at me and the people are gonna judge me, I'm still gonna say, yes, God. Even if if my knees are knocking, yes, God. Let that be our answer today, yes, God. And then put the altar of the Lord right on top of that thing once you tear it all down. Because why? Because he'll be with you. God will be with you. Bevy says the things that once appealed to us would no longer be a desire. We would be more interested in doing what God wants us to do because we know God will be with us and he will be pleased. Come on. Fellas, Dave Ramsey's program is helping me. Doing the snowball effect to get rid of all credit cards after I cut them off. Do not need credit cards. Okay, hey, come on. And people might look at you crazy. People might reject you. God might be telling you, hey, I need you to stop doing this. And people might be like, oh, girl, you're not going to the club with us no more. No. God said I need to stop. What? What? What come on Gideon's whole own family wanted his own his own neighbors wanted to kill him. Thankfully his daddy stood up for him, which was nice. But his neighbors wanted to kill him. Everybody's gonna like the changes that God's gonna have you make in your life. Not everybody's gonna like the things that God is telling you to tear down. Not everybody's gonna like the fact that, that, that God is calling you away from certain people. Not everybody's gonna like it. But the thing that God is calling you to do we got to deal with the thing he's calling us to do in our own house first, in our own lives, in our own in our own person first. Romans says, trust the process. God knows best. We can't just go to the bank and get approved for a loan. You have to fill out the application. First. There's a process to all things. Here's a process. Latrice says, I had times when I would try to justify things I didn't want to let go of. I knew, come on, this is the thing. I knew God wanted me to turn, turn them over, tear them down. I knew, he Says, but they did me wrong, Lord. Come on, God wanted you to put down, put, put down the resentment, put down the anger. No, God, but they did me wrong. I want to hold on to this anger. No, no, no. You've got to tear that down. You've got to let it go. Philippians, uh, Allison says, Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do the things God wants me to do because He is with me. I can forgive. Come on. Usually we use this phrase to be like, I can start this business. I can do this. I can. I can. But what about I can forgive? I can do this in Christ's strength. I can let go of this anger. I can do this in Christ's strength. I can have that conversation. I can do that in Christ's strength. I can do that in Christ's strength. Allison says, the Lord has need of it. Nothing is wasted. Lean not into your own understanding. Let go and let God. Trust God. That's my part. Testimony loading. Come on. I can do what God is asking me to do. Because I have the strength of Christ. Hallelujah. It might be hard. My knees might be knocking. I might go at night like Gideon did. But I can do it in the strength of Christ. I might be afraid of what the people might think about me when I do this. But I can do it. In Christ's strength. In the strength of Christ. I can deal with my heart. I can deal with with the things that are going on in my home that God is calling me to deal with. Through the strength of Christ. I don't have to avoid it. Because Christ is with me. Bevy says, do it scared, for our God is with you. Let Gideon be our model today. In his strength, he felt unqualified, but God called him and he, and he and God qualified him. Trust God, that's our part. Come on, Anna says, you have to choose whether you will be a people pleaser or a God pleaser. Look to the hills from which cometh our help. He said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. We can do all things with Christ. Come on. So yeah, you might have to tell your friends you can't go out to dinner with them every every Friday. You might have to suggest, hey, can we eat in? Can we um, have a gay night in the house instead of going out to spend money because God really has told me that I need to stop all this spending. And they may not like it, But that's okay. But that's okay. Do what God is asking you to do in your home, in your life. First. And he's going to take you where he needs you to go. Don't worry about it. Don't leave the the, the 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 ends loose. Do what God is calling you to do. Don't well my mama used to say, don't put the cart before the horse. The horse before the cart, the cart before the horse. Yeah. <laughs> don't put the cart before the horse. Let's deal with what God is showing us to deal with in our own house. In our own house. Some things we need to tear down in our own house. In our own house. We got to fix the way we talk into our family members in our own house. In our own house. God's like, in your own house. For Gideon, there was some bail. Altars and and a sheer pole that had to be dealt with. But for you, it might be something different. But God will let you know. And when He identifies that, you give that over to God. Whew. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today we talked about the fact that God will call who He wants. And when He does, don't forget about Him. And remember to give him the glory. And then we also talked about God wants to deal with some stuff in our house. And I pray that you wrestle with that word so that God will show you what he's speaking to you about specifically. Allison says, do what God is showing you to deal with in your own house, in your own life, in your own body first. Then you will be ready for the next challenge. Come on. Come on, Bevy says your change will be a shocker to others, and there will be some rejection and backlash. But go with God, for He will be with us. Come on. There was backlash when Gideon did what he did, but then he blew. Then after he did what he did, he blew the ram's horn, and a whole bunch of people joined him. Still even the backlash can't stop what God is doing. So be willing to deal with the temporary rejection because it can't stop God. It can't stop what he said. It can't stop what he said. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Mary, we're going to be lifting up your daughter as well. Oh, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be with you and to read your word. We thank you, Lord God, for this conviction of your word that reminds us, God, that there are some things that you have been calling us to deal with and that we've got to deal with them. No more excuses. Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, help us to deal with the things that you are calling us to deal with. Give, send us the resources that we may need. Help us to see what to do. Give us the boldness and the courage to trust you. Then, when you say, let something go, we can trust you. with it. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up Mary's daughter. We ask you to heal her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, from her left fingertips to her right. And father, we ask that this word that, that we read and that, that is kind of wrestling in us, Lord, that you would help us to know how to apply it directly to our lives. Lord, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. And we ask you to have your way in our lives. We thank you for the growth. We thank you for the change. We even thank you for the daily challenges that allow us to grow even more. We give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. Allison says, think of every trial as a test. Once we pass that test, there'll be another. The trials make us stronger and better able to handle the next one. But God will always be with us through each one. No matter how long it takes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Erica. Would you like, comment, share, and subscribe to this channel? It will help us to reach more women um, and be able to read the Bible alongside each and every one of them. Would you continue to pray for this ministry that, that it would do whatever it is that God wants it to do? And that, yeah, amen. I just... God is so awesome. And if this ministry has touched your life in any way, please consider um, giving to the ministry so that we can continue to do these things. Lastly, if you have not already, please download the devotional guide for the book of Judges. It's a really good guide um, and it has some great reflection questions and you can actually print it out, print it out for a friend, do it alongside one another, have these conversations with other people, your children, people in your house. Like these resources are here for you to take them and to do this with other people, right? You can take the resource, print the resources out. Look, print out the devotional guide. Give it to your daughter, your teenager, do it together. So I hope that the resources help us to not just get it all for ourselves, but also to share it with someone else and have these conversations with others in our neighborhoods, in our families, um, and begin to to start a culture of reading the Bible and applying it to our lives and see that it won't just change your life, but it'll change the lives of so many others. I love you guys. I pray that you have an amazing, what day is it? I think it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday, (laughs) amazing Tuesday. And I'll see you back here, Lord willing, tomorrow as we jump into Judges chapter seven. Bye for now.